some veteran police, you know, officers are like, look, let's take that bank robber. Yeah. Okay, he didn't use a weapon. But, you know, in, in, and it was in the complaint. These tellers are fearful for their lives. So even though they weren't, a hand wasn't laid upon them or they didn't see a weapon, they were fearful. You know, and, and a lot of law enforcement saying, hey, are we forgetting about the victims? What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters right here, right now. The Debrief. Brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Visit our partner site, nbcnewyork.com slash healthu, to help you on your health journey. Hackensack Meridian Health, life years ahead. So most know by now that on January 1st, a new landmark bill took effect in New York, curtailing the use of cash bail. Now, this is something we've actually covered in advance with Jonathan Deanst. Since it's taken effect, there have been a number of incidents, and critics of the law have seized upon those to say, here's why the law doesn't work. Mark Santia, who is our special ops top gun street warrior reporter here, and I mean that in every sense of the word, uh, covered a story this week. So we're using that story, Mark, to kind of just update where we stand. And full disclosure, both you and I admit we're not well-versed on the ins and outs, the intricacies of policy. Not even close. But I think that speaks to the point of how most people are hearing headlines, and, and the headlines are being pushed by certain communities based on how they feel about this. So we're just trying to sort through. The week started with you covering a story. Jared Woodbury is no stranger to cops. Police say he's behind four bank robberies in Manhattan over the first two weeks of 2020. The NYPD's major case squad arrested Woodbury last week, but because of the state's new bail reform law, he was back out on the street Friday, where police say he robbed again. And a lot of times, right, it's, it's those crazy stories that grab the headlines. So I get a call from, um, from a couple law enforcement sources who are working a case and they work some bank robberies. And, and it goes like this, hey, there's a guy out there, uh, allegedly, mm -hmm. uh, who's wanted for robbing four banks. So like, he's a first in the city. I was, he's responsible for the first bank robbery pattern of 2020. Okay. And they, um, they said, so we track him down. We're able to arrest him, and they get a charge, a grand larceny charge on him. They basically have Jared Woodbury um, is his name. So Woodbury allegedly is linked to four bank robberies in Manhattan. He appears before a judge, um, and the, looking at a charge of grand larceny, when he walks in, the sources say he walks in, he hands a note. He doesn't produce a weapon, hands a note. Matter of fact, the one uh, note said, this is a robbery, no die pack, do not press the alarm. So he does four of them in the city. He gets arrested. Um, major case squad arrests him, brings it before a judge. Nonviolent, charged with grand larceny. He's released. Goes back under the new bail reform laws. It's not a violent crime. Right. So he's released. He goes to one PP to pick up his, you know, his belongings. Says to the, detec the detective there, allegedly, um, can't believe you guys let me go. Wow. Can't believe you're letting me go. Um, so a provocative yeah, statement on top of pretty, it. Yeah, <laughs> enough for the detective to write it down on the report. Right. So it stood out to the detective. Um, you know, I can't believe they just let me out, he said. What were they thinking? The, right. the direct quote was, quote, what were they thinking? So the detective actually wrote that down. So sources say Woodbury then gets on a train, grabs his belongings at 1PP, gets on a train, goes to Brooklyn, and hours later hits another bank. Mm. Uh, a couple days later... He's al he allegedly robs another bank in Midtown. So he's believed to be responsible for six 
bank robberies. Right. This is splashed on the tabloids here, of course. We reported. Uh, you combine that with some recent anti-Semitic attacks, and namely, I'm thinking of the woman uh, accused of assaulting right. uh, some Jewish people in Brooklyn. And uh, after she's released, police pick her up again because she assaults someone else. That's seized upon as well by those who oppose this kind of bail reform measure. Yeah, Dave, it's tough because the numbers, this just started January 1st. Right. So how do we look at numbers? Is it working? Is it not working? We do know that um, Governor Cuomo has called this a work in progress. Yeah. Changing the system, which we started to do, is complicated and then has a number of ramifications. There's no doubt this is still a work in progress. Some Democrats say they're open to tweaking, uh, tweaking the law. I talked to former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton, right. who said to me, look, there's no doubt there's changes need to be made. He said, but this is too fast, too soon. We need to put more effort into it. Where's the deterrent? What's to keep him from doing it over and over and over again? When under the bail reform law, the judge cannot take into consideration that he might do it over and over and over again. Um, we have not yet seen significant acts of violence in, uh, in the sense that we have seen people assaulted, uh, some one poor woman losing several teeth. But I'm talking about uh, an individual who is caught and released and then goes out and commits a very serious life-threatening type of injury or, in fact, takes a life. When those start to happen, and they will, and they will, and the legislator, Albany, they better run for cover because the public's going to come after them for basically their negligence and what they created. You know, Bratton called this basically catch and release. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're hearing that from some law enforcement sources, some veteran police you know, officers are like, look, let's take that bank robber. Yeah. Okay, he didn't use a weapon, but you know, in, in, and it was in the complaint, these tellers are fearful for their lives. So even though they weren't, a hand wasn't laid upon them or they didn't see a weapon, they were fearful, you know, and, and a lot of law enforcement saying, hey, are we forgetting about the victims here mm. as well? Um, so it's, it's still fresh though, David. Supporters of it say, look, for too long, the system's been biased against those who are poor or don't have the means to get a high-priced lawyer to help get them out. 90% were never sentenced to jail, but you had them in jail anyway because they weren't rich like Harvey Weinstein. Michael Gennaris, who sponsored the original legislation, says, look at Harvey Weinstein, for example, accused of rape, posts $1 million bail, he goes free. Others will languish in the system. But the law enforcement critics say there's not enough room for judges in particular to have dis discretion on this. And that's led to this discussion of whether in New York they ever had it. Can they consider public safety as part of their decision or not? And now many people are saying that needs to be revisited. Right. And so, and, and that's the, the, the trick bag. My dad was an attorney. My dad is a judge. And my dad pushed me as far away from <laughs> that industry as possible. Gotcha. Like, why? He's like, oh, you'd have been a horrible <laughs> attorney and judge. So I, I, can't, I can't speak on that. But we do know from research and talking to other folks that in Jersey, they can take, if Mark Santia, will he be a threat to the community? Mm -hmm. We can take that into consideration. Because bail, the way it's used in New York and the way it's used around the country, will Mark Santia show up to his next hearing? Right. Okay, so let's let's set bail. We know with the Eighth Amendment, we can't set an extraordinary fine. Right. Let's set bail to ensure that he's going to come back. Now, in the case of our bank robber, um, he has connections out of state, mm -hmm. so we don't know why the judge. Could, from what we've talked, we don't know why the judge maybe didn't put an ankle bracelet, an electronic tether right. on that person. That we don't know um, because that is judges do have that discretion under these new. Okay. Uh, reforms. Now, up in Connecticut, we saw Fotis Dulos, who's charged with murdering his wife. Right. He was able to make his $6 million bond. Mm. He does have to also wear that electronic tether. So, you know, 
you're right. There is some room, but in New York, we can't take into account, or judges can't take into account, if Mark Santia is a threat. Will he commit another crime? We don't know. We, don't we know. can't take that. And you referenced Jersey, and so there was some wonder. They overhauled their bail system in 2017, I was looking, um, allowing more people to remain free while awaiting trial. And they did not see a spike in crime. Texas is another state, which is more conservatively right. than ever they've done it, also not seeing a spike in crime. So many are arguing, look, as you said, it's only a few days old, a few weeks old, the law. But I think when you have these high-profile uh, incidents, uh, it makes everyone nervous. It, it does. But, David, in all fairness, I mean, you look at the, the totality of it. So we have this bank robber who is like, I can't yeah. believe, that, allegedly, right. I can't believe they're letting me out. And then he goes and commits another crime. But that's one person. Right. How many, how many folks have been let out? How many repeats have you seen? Right. Yeah. So it's, it is difficult in 15, 16 days to know if this is working and to what degree. We do know that uh, NYPD Police Commissioner Dermot Shea has yeah. spoken out against this. As a matter of fact, in this case, you know, Shea tweeted out what motivation in the robbery, in the bank robbery case, what motivation does this suspect have to return to court? None. This makes NYPD cops' jobs harder and makes New Yorkers less safe. Um, most law enforcement groups, prosecutors have lined up on that side, and right. then you have community advocacy groups and those who work uh, in the defense side of things arguing for it. So we want to do a gut check with you, and really where it stands now, Albany will come back, the assembly, Democratic-led assembly, many of those who support it. Some have indicated, uh, Andrew Stewart-Cousins, Governor Cuomo, you mentioned that there is some room perhaps to revisit this. Right. Um, I did read that Carl Hasty, the Speaker, uh, the House Assembly Speaker, though, feels like, no, we've got to give this time to see this uh, was right on its merits. So we look for this to be a discussion in this year's Assembly session. It's not going away. No. This discussion is it's not going away anytime soon. Um, and, right. Okay. Let's see what happens. So listen, this is your first time into our podcast suite, which Thank happens to be me. right next to your desk here in our busy newsroom. Uh, I always like to, you know, share a little insight with some of our reporters when they hear, man. Give us a little road on your path here. You were a street warrior in Detroit. I was. was so uh, give us, uh, give us a little Mark Santia-ishness. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we'll make it quick because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of talking about me. I know. That's um, why I'm putting you on the <laughs> Thank you for that. So born in Detroit, uh, raised in Detroit, um, grew up watching NBC Detroit and uh, went to school, went to university, Wayne State University, a great school in the city, and got an internship, stuck around. Um, it was great, mm -hmm. and, and learned, kind of grew from there. Uh, covered courts and crime in right. Detroit, learned a lot. Um, came from a law enforcement sort of household, a lot of folks. Gotcha. Uh, so it was kind of in your blood, in your instinct, and that's a little bit. where I mean, your career kind of tracked, right? Yeah, but for me, I just love telling people's stories. Right. I'm all about people's stories, so, you know, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it brought me here and next to you, which I consider <laughs> a great honor watching you work. I just want to share one thing about work ethic that I heard. We were with a, a mutual friend, a, a, a person who had been a younger reporter under you. And, and I guess your station had offered what they call days off to kind of cultivate and meet people. Source, source days. Source day, yes. right? Source days. And he was lamenting the fact that he didn't get a source day. He was young, you know. And you had a response to him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, and he's a great guy. Great guy. No, great he guy. He's like, hey, they didn't give me a source day. And I'm like, they give me two source days every week. He's like, you're kidding me. I'm like, yeah, it's Saturday and Sunday. My day's off. <laughs> exactly. But I think, it, look, it's, it's whatever you want to do, but it's all about what we do. It's all about making relationships. Yeah. I have to trust you. You have to trust me. Um, but but that lesson stuck with him because it was about, listen, uh, if you want it, you're hungry, so your day's off. 
Yeah. You give it the extra mile. And I, and I, he was struck by it. I was struck by it. Yeah, so but, that's you, but you grow up. You grow up and you, you know, I was very fortunate. We had incredible reporters at DIV back in Detroit, yeah. like Lewis, and, and, and great reporter here, you know, yourself. Like, I look up to guys like you. I do. And Bruce Beck. I mean, you have Sarah Wallace. Just mm. people, journalists who work, and they work, and they, and they establish relationships, and they work to get to truth. And, and that, that's a great standard that yeah. you've set. We are deeply sourced here with our reporters and you yeah, are John, among... John Deans is amazing. You are among them as well. Yes, he is. Deans <coughs> is fantastic, but it's... Uh, all right, bro. Well, thanks Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, And, uh, you know, we may have to have you come back as this bail reform unfolds. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks David. Thank you. I'm your host, David Ushery. We want to thank our producers, Jesse Edwards, Ben Berkowitz, and Harrison Choi from the NBC New York digital team. We'll check you next time on YouTube and on the podcast, wherever you find your podcast.